When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back. Hour three of the podcast of the Donna and Steve Experience on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Am I right? You are so right, Donna. You are our leader. You are our matriarch. You are our Condoleezza Rice. Thank you. That's a political should, figure of power, right? Yes. Female. Should we do something? Um, should we do something nice for our listeners? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You just want to start giving stuff away? I kind of do. What about like a four pack or something? You have anything? Look in the purse. Um, my purse is upstairs. I'll check wow. my purse. Way to go with the moment, Donna. Oh, look. Improv, dang it. Right here. Look what I found. A four pack of tickets to the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show taking place March 1st through the 5th at the Minneapolis Woo-hoo. Convention Center. Yes, just sitting and- here this whole time. Wow. How about caller so, number four fun. wins the four pack? Perfect. Our Love number is it. 651, 641, 1071. Oh my God! Sing a mama, yeah. We used to or do or six five one six four one one zero seven one. What? <sighs> Say what? We used to, um, and and maybe they still do. Uh, Twin Cities Live would do a broadcast out at the Home and Garden Show back in your radio days. Would you do radio stuff out there, Donna? Oh my gosh! Yes, we would broadcast live at five in the morning. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, but I always liked it. I thought it was a fun show. To go to because just being in the Minneapolis Convention Center when they have the Home and Garden Show going on, it oh, yeah. it's like perfectly timed because you feel like most of winter is behind you, but you know you still could get pummeled with some snow. But it gives you the optimism, the smell of the flowers upon entry, and then going in and looking at different things for your cabin, things that could upgrade your deck space. We should build a patio I'm say this something year. Shocking right now. All right, Queen. I have actually been part of a cooking competition out there before. You mean a boiling competition? <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it's right when like quinoa came on the you know came on the scene. Sure, yeah, yeah. Where people were like, "What is this?" So I made um, shrimp and quinoa, and like some veggies, blah blah blah. But anyway, just you know, to get people on board with quinoa. <laughs> Are you claiming yeah. that you started the quinoa movement more or less in the Twin Cities? Yeah, pretty much. You're welcome. You know where you would do well. Culinarily, <laughs> in orbit. I feel like you would thrive on a NASA menu. You'd be like, "Oh, well, this looks great." Well, I thought oh. you were going to say like a dog food competition. God <laughs> has got Purina badges hanging up in her kitchen. Hashtag it's Chow time. You're so mean. No, I'm kidding. So no, you're funny. you're the only cooking I've ever eaten from you. 
uh, was good. You've made some really good bars before. The only well, that's baking. Okay, uh, but I think you made spaghetti squash for me one time, maybe. Eh, no, you know what you made me some really terrible noodle. Remember that white Asian yeah, noodle? Yeah, so that's that's called um, what's it called? Sh- shirataki. Okay. And it's basically tofu in the form of um, spaghetti. Pappy no likey. Yeah, you didn't like the texture. No. That's okay. I just wanted you to try that. I made it like with spaghetti sauce and But the, the fact that I haven't had more spaghetti, you know, I've eaten spaghetti squash probably a total of less than five times in my life. And every time I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Oh, I and love I'm it. Pretty sure they're, it's like carb free, but still fills you up and it's good. Oh, what am I doing? I don't know if it's carb free. Low carb. I'd say it's huh? a healthier carb. Wait, is it not super low carb? Stand by. I don't know. Because peas aren't low carb. They're a vegetable. Um, corn isn't low carb. What is the purpose of corn in general? Honest to goodness. Because it, it looks like our body is tra- trying to non verbally communicate. Like, no, <laughs> we're not letting this stuff in. Um, seven, seven grams. My son was eating frozen corn out of a Ziploc bag last night. In case you think it's living high off the hog over there, my man just rolls into the living room with a Ziploc bag, and he's like, I love frozen corn. So he was eating it frozen? Yes. That's strange. And we had moved it into a Ziploc bag, probably because you bust open those bags, and then you can't roll them up real well. I don't know. But I was just like, this is weird, man. This is weird. Hmm. Six, excuse me, seven grams of carbs per serving in spaghetti squash. That's pretty good. Uh, and dietary fiber, you got a gram and a half of dietary fiber, which means your net carbs there are only five and a half because dietary fiber gets used by the body. Got it. So you subtract that. Good. Is this dishing up nutrition? I mean, what are we working weekends now? Right. Oh, my gosh. All right. I want to talk about this Don Lemon situation. Uh-oh. He is taking an extended holiday from the airwaves following his quote-unquote sexist comment about presidential candidate Nikki Haley not being in her prime. So you guys probably talked about this, right? We did. In your absence, we talked about it on Friday, but I was curious your opinion because Nikki Haley had essentially said when she announced her candidacy, and don't worry, we're not getting political here, friends. This is just, this is about it's sort no, of I don't age know anything talk. about her whatsoever. But okay. uh, so she'll be uh, she's a, a Republican who's running for president. She's fifty one. She said essentially something along the lines of like America's not outdated. Our politicians are like you know, and we've had two old presidents in a row with President Donald mm-hmm. Trump and President Joe Biden. They're both. They're just old guys. I mean, just in terms of numbers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're both in their mid-70s. I think President Biden is, is he 80 now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's 80 yet. Anyway, so she's 51. And she was she was trying to make the position of, like, America's not old and broken. The people we've been electing have been. Essentially, is kind of the provocative statement she was throwing out there. She's 51. Don Lemon came in and offered this, and we actually have the sound of Don Lemon. Okay, I haven't heard this yet. We only read it on Friday. Here's how Don Lemon responded to this. Yeah. I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something and not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's, talk- not according- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? 
Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be. <laughs> okay, so she she didn't say that's old and broken. She said our our presidents have been past their prime. Our candidates. So that's okay, the so I'm okay. conflicted. Okay, because okay. what she says can be interpreted as ageist, right? Saying sure. that we want to call for competency tests for people over this age, people who are making our laws. Yeah. So she gets away with that. And that it, his big mistake was when he said women in their prime. That was right? a glaring one. Yeah. Yeah. By saying by saying the word women. Now he's coming across as misogynistic. Right. Or, you know. And the million-dollar question that wasn't asked back to him in that moment was, Don, help us understand when is a man past his prime? Right. That would have been an interesting thing to hear him respond to. But, yeah, and he said it to two females who were right there. I hear what you're saying, though, Donna. There is, go figure, as in most situations, a more nuanced conversation than the headline would suggest. The headlines, you know, makes you have an immediate reaction to something. But I understand what you're saying. If like if, she starts out with something that can be perceived as ageist, then he says something that I I know what he meant. He meant people in general are not in their prime when they're. I don't know if he meant that though. I'm not saying he didn't, but old. I don't know if he because he did lean into women and he had a couple opportunities there in that moment to be like well no like all of us like men women i'm saying women because i'm looking at nikki haley but we're all but it didn't seem that it seemed uh like a not great moment as far as the age conversation in the same way we talked about this briefly on friday same way that there is a uh, an age minimum to run for president Mm -hmm. i think that it's open to conversation that there is an age maximum as well Pilots are probably nodding their heads as they get kicked out of the cockpit once they start getting a little bit older because they're saying sure. statistically what they're at risk of is higher once you get to a certain age and they're in charge of a plane. And so the other argument that's being made on a grander stage is they're in charge of a country. And so let's right. make sure, you know, but right. I, I get what you're saying. It's, uh, you know, what's the cutoff point? Feelings are getting hurt one way or another. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not his best moment. And, you know, so he's been pulled off the airwaves. Um, There are insiders who are saying he's a constant distraction. Um, He did apologize and, you know, said the reference I made to a woman's prime was inartful and irrelevant, as colleagues and loved ones have pointed out. I regret it. A woman's age doesn't define her either personally or professionally. I have countless women in my life who prove that every day. But, you know, you said it and people aren't going to forget it yeah but you know i think it's it sounds like he's taken a he's on he's in timeout you know yeah and i don't think he like i don't know that this is a lose your job kind of a thing learn from it own it just own it without excuses and do better for (laughs) sure thank you steve i'm gonna move on now all right Um, gotta go when we return i started watching a little bit of the new PGA Tour documentary. It's on Netflix. It's called Full Swing. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. And I think it would interest uh, anybody, whether you're a golfer or not. We'll get into that when we come back. Got to go, Donna, see my talk. Oh, hey, guys. It is Donna for my friends over at Bradshaw and Bryant. And um, you know what? It's 
It's snowing on and off. It's cold. And that really makes means things like frozen puddles. It means slippery surfaces on the roads, but also on walkways. You know, Mike Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant reminds us that property owners are legally responsible to maintain a safe environment for visitors. Like, for example, uh, it's the property owner's responsibility to post a caution sign or to de-ice a walkway. And if they fail to do that and someone is injured, that can be considered negligence. So here's the deal. Let's hope you don't fall on the ice, but if you do and you're injured, it is important to call a qualified Minnesota personal injury lawyer as soon as possible after receiving medical treatment, of course, because you only have so much time to file a slip and fall claim. If you uh, wait too long, you can you lose your right to collect damages. Find Mike at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Hey, good morning. Welcome back, you guys. Appreciate you listening to the Donna and Steve show on my talk, 1071, everything entertainment. Boy, we've had a lot of sports stories lately, huh? We are the score uh, north of uh, this side of the hall. They're actually here right on the other side of this wall from me right now. Listen, sports is drama sometimes, Donna. You know what I'm saying? Netflix has even gotten into it. Um, they have come out with a new docu-series. It's called Full Swing, and it's all about behind-the-scenes access to the PGA Tour, to professional golf, to some big-name golfers, and some golfers you've really probably not heard much about. But when you think of golf, you don't hear from these people a ton. You know, they they don't do media. It's not publicized in the same way that NFL media is or NBA media, even NHL. So you just don't hear from them. Um a ton. And it's sort of interesting access. The luck of Netflix is really, there's something to be said there because the year that they finally decide to do their own in house, original produced docuseries about professional golf, it just happens to come during the most dramatic year in professional golf in probably the last, I don't know, 30 years almost, kind of since Tiger Woods burst on the scene. And the reason is Phil Mickelson. You know Phil Mickelson, Don? I don't know how closely you pay attention I, to golf. I do indeed. Okay, you know I Phil love Mickelson. His commercials. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of commercials out there. <laughs> um, but he is a obviously he's a really big name if you follow golf, but even not, he, he's just peripherally a big name. He left the PGA Tour and went and joined a rival league called Live Golf, L I V. Right, 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 right. And this is backed by the Saudi fund, the Saudi government. The main critique here is that the Saudi government was using golf to what they call, uh, what critics called sports wash the rest of the world about all of the human rights atrocities and bad things that the Saudi Arabian government has done throughout history. So they're using the golf, a beloved sport, bring over beloved names. And now look, when you think of Saudi Arabia, you're thinking of... These fun golfers who are doing really fun golf things. So, wow, some I don't of this know if drama be associated with that. Therein lies the great question, too. Right. Some uh, some of this is caught on camera. You get access to the drama as it's unfolding on the PGA Tour as this live tour starts to go, as different golfers start to hear rumblings about their fellow golfers. Of oh yeah, I hear 
so-and-so was offered this much to go over there, and I so-and-so is thinking about it. You're starting to see behind the curtain. And so I like a docuseries in that way just because it's fun to get access to something you otherwise wouldn't have access to. Each episode's only 45 minutes long. Um, again, it's called Full Swing. It's on Netflix. It, so it's easy to sort of go through a couple of episodes in a night. It's well shot, well produced. You do get cool access to people. And you get to also, you get to hear some of these professional athletes work through the decision of, should I go and play for this new tour? Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to look at it from a distance and say, wait, no, the narrative is the Saudi government has done this and this and this and this. And there are just some things that are just, you know, flat out true, right? Bad things that they have done. Mm -hmm. So don't take any of their money. That's blood money. And, uh, but then you hear the people offer their perspective as well. And they're saying, well, look, uh, I've been on tour for 20 years. And so I'm away from my family this many weeks a year. And um, this new league is offering me to only play in eight events. And they're offering me tens of millions, or in the case of people like Phil Mickelson, hundreds of millions of dollars to make the switch. So they're like, look, we're being offered more money to work less and to have more time with our family. Yeah, but it's blood money to some, right? And that is that's the that's the pushback. Is right. what? But what about this? What about this? What about this? And so um, there are, you know, all sorts of different ways that you can view it. There, there. One of the episodes is entitled uh, "Money or Legacy," because mm. there there are guys who struggle on tour, and if you don't make the cut. On a PGA Tour event, if you're not one of the top 65 after the first two days of play, you miss the cut and you don't make any money. And you just got to fly yourself back to wherever home is and then hope that you make the cut next week. Only if you make the cut and play the weekend do you make money. And so they're being offered all these crazy amounts of money. And then they're being the message that they're going out with is we're trying to grow the game of golf. It can bring people together. And obviously critics are saying, no, 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 they're using golf. They're using you to cover up a history of bad things that have been done. What do you think? um, I think that it's you, it humanizes the, this docu-series humanizes the decision process. I think you might relate a little bit more if you're very anti-live. You might relate a little bit more with the human decision process that they are going through, you know, when Phil Mickelson comes out and he says at his press conference, look like I don't uh, any of these atrocities, I call them out. They're terrible. And he says all those things. And then he adds a, but we want to grow the game of golf. And I know it can do so much good and spread so much goodwill in the world. And we want to be a part of that and grow the game worldwide and all that. So some of it feels like they're handed messaging. Right. And then I, I think there was one guy, I think, I think there's one guy who I don't know if it's included in this docuseries or not, but he essentially says, Look, I just did it for the money, okay? Like, I'm struggling to get by. They offered me a crazy amount of money, and it's going to change, you know, our family tree and my f- work-life balance and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it, what this does is it it shows you the humans who are there making these decisions, whether they decide to go or stay. And it's really unprecedented access to the PGA Tour, which is 
Like I said, they kind of have a thick curtain up there that you don't get access to what's happening mm. behind it all that often. Cool. So it's called Full Swing. Cool. It's on Netflix. Hey, we're going to play a game. It's Monday. We're going to play Cover Story, our favorite game of the week. We'll play it next mm-hmm. on my time. Hey, friends. There's my mic. It's Stevie Boy from my buddies over at the Canopy Group. Uh, you know, the Canopy Group, they're just doing things right. Here's my guess. You probably have one agent who represents one company, right? And that means that you get a grand total of... Yeah, you get one quote, and that's not how you save money. I mean, Paul Borkert and Jeff McDonald, who got behind the Canopy Group, created this. They said, wait, there should be a different way, and the different way really pays dividends for you because they have a team of 40 specialists, and they have 16 different insurance companies that they've partnered with over the years, and they've developed relationships with these people. So if you go to thecanopygroup.com today and you click Get a Quote, their team of 40 specialists, they're going to turn start working on your behalf. They'll turn to all those insurance companies and say, hey, here's Peggy from Bloomington. She needs new insurance. Fight it out for her business. And they can really help mediate the process also when it's claim time. Um, look, they've had a relationship with these companies. They're going to make them work for you when it matters most. You can start saving big today at thecanopygroup.com. All right, final stretch of the Donna and Steve show. On my talk, 1071, everything entertainment. Ooh, Steve, I forgot to tell you. So I went to my cabin for the weekend and I watched almost the entire series of uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Oh, wow. Where'd you watch it on? on? What platform? Peacock? No. Uh, DVD. What a journey. I have a friend who had the whole series and I'm like, you know what? It was only one season, right? I think so. There's six, six DVDs. Yeah, and, and probably each, four episodes. Each one has multiple shows, yeah, uh, episodes on it. Matthew it really Perry is baffling that that show did not make it to you know, another season. They they touch on that a little bit. Uh, Matthew Perry does in his memoir. Uh, he was in it opposite the the redheaded actor. He's great. Oh, um, um, oh my God! He's like oh, he's Handmaid's Tale. Um, Bradley Whitford. Yes, Bradley Whitford in the West Wing as well. So um, I think that one of the things they said was it was a drama about writing comedy, and that's why, you know, it didn't work tonally. But I liked it. I thought it was great, and it came out the same year that 30 Rock did. So maybe that made it all the more difficult. You had two shows about yeah. writing for a Saturday Night Live kind of a show, and right. one was a 30-minute comedy, and one was a one-hour drama, even though I thought yeah, it was that's well what I, done. I, that's, I was going to say, I thought that that's what made it unique, you know? You, sure. Because it was very dramatic, but also about a comedy. That's uh, I feel like that's maybe where Sarah Paulson got her big break, because she's a main character. Right, yeah, you're um, right. I just really liked it. I do have a question, since you read Matthew Perry's book. Yes. Did he indicate whether or not he was doing drugs during that filming? I don't know if he did. I'm not sure if he, I don't think he was. I don't think he was, but it, it's it's kind of tough to keep track of in hindsight in particular. Sure. Because he was on again, well, off again so much. Um, got it. Well, I'm only asking because his character actually, you know, starts to develop a drug problem. And I thought, wow, that's, is this art imitating life, life imitating art? Was he struggling with this while he had to play this character struggling with this? It just, I was just yeah. curious if you knew. Well, a lot of people ask, you know, like, why? 
Why? Did this show get canceled? Was it too smart for its own good? Did the network executives not appreciate its brilliance? Or were they just jealous of how good-looking the cast was? We may never know. But the one thing that's for sure, Studio 60 deserve better. So if you're looking for a show that's going to make you laugh, make you think, and make you feel all the feels, look no further than this underrated gem. That last paragraph generated by ChatGPT. Oh, thank you. Donna, you won't know when I'm actually engaging with you from now on. Or I'm av- having Chat GPT come up with stuff. I could write like, "Help you me seem interested in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills," <laughs> and it would do that for me. I don't have a problem. You, I have my thumb yeah. on what's happening in technology, and you can ignore it, and you'll be the first to be eaten by the robots. Mm. Speaking of eating, you're. No, 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 wait, hold off, because I want to, okay, yeah, let's call and get the soup, and then I want to hear from your friend Wanda Sykes. Oh, okay, great. Come down for moose soup after! It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it's mac and cheese. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it can't be. If you're hungry, soup is soup. Soup is soup. Say it's it's big. Soup of the day. friend. B-Dog. What's happening? Listen, hey Brian, Pappy and me, mommy, we're just bracing for the snow, man. You excited? Oh yeah. You already sick of snow talk? Well, I mean, I'm in the cafeteria, so everybody who comes in is like, snow, snow, snow. <laughs> <laughs> this goes to prove my point. Minnesotans love to talk about weather. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, sunny, I'm hiding in back. Like- I've had enough. He's done. He's done. That's the only way he got to the phone. He's in the their safe room down there. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, let me, before you tell us the soup of the day, Donna, you missed it on Friday. He had egg roll soup. Yeah. And it oh, was. that? That was what I asked. And it was essentially an egg roll discombobulated and in a soup. It was wonderful. Yeah. Good it was one. like 10 out of 10. So good. Yeah. All right. I bet not a lot of people ate it because we have a lot of Minnesota taste buds that walk through there in their sweaters. Did it, ha- it had a little heat, right? <laughs> uh, just the right amount, my friend. All right. Yeah, we, I sold a whole pot. So we, oh, nice. They went, they oh, went crazy. Oh, good. Yeah, bring yeah. that one cool. back. Put that in the rotation. With that, what's today's soup? Uh, we got chicken wild rice today. Oh, you're just trying to line our... our you're just mailing ribs. it in, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, Go it's like on. chicken sliders today. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going uh, fatten them up for the snow. Yeah, dude. Um, no. Are you going to take your kids out? Do you guys go sledding, or what do you do when it's? I think we might hit the slopes this weekend. So, Ooh. which slope? Yep. Which one? Um, probably Wild Mountain. Oh, I've never been. Yeah, you know, uh, I Taylor's heard... Falls. Taylor's Shout Falls. out to those two. They're at home listening. Oh, uh, what's up? Oh, wow. yeah. Riley Carter. Oh, yeah. Riley Carter. Yeah. Um, and let your your data has already promised. Riley and Carter, that you guys both get hot cocoa every night this week. Every day that it snows, anything measurable, you get hot cocoa right before you go to bed. Yeah, that's that's great. Yep, <laughs> thanks for that one. All right. They're going to hold you. me to it. They will, yeah. That's because Uncle Stevie Boy said so. All does right, that work you. when I say that to your kids, or do they not we gotta care? Go. No, my kids don't or... listen. I told them I got fired from radio a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye now. Bye. Bye, Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. You're funny, Steve. So today is President's Day. Have fun shopping. Probably lots of sales on those George Washington powdered wigs and such. Mm. Mm. No. Okay. So Wanda Sykes, 
uh, does this bit on how presidents age while they're in the White House. Have you heard it? No. Let's listen, shall we? This will be great. Presidents, they've all aged while in office, right? They age while in office because the job is so stressful that it affects you physically. We've seen it. Obama, first two years, President Obama went totally gray. His face started drooping. Got all droopy in the face. I don't want time I was like, is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> George W. Bush, he shrunk four inches. <laughs> At one point, he was looking like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> ah, my precious! <laughs> Bill Clinton, he grew that bulb on the tip of his nose. <laughs> Bill Clinton looked like the man on the operation board. <laughs> Oh, good. That's her funny. delivery, man. He's <laughs> so funny. Like I said, when we were shooting Ring Nation, she would, I'd sit in the studio sometime just to watch her, and she'd be in the setup to the joke and would get laughs just because of how she was saying it, where she leaned into the emphasis. <laughs> Boy, she's funny, man. She is That's funny. So Happy good. President's Day, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Uh, we'll we will tomorrow. return tomorrow. We have got the adventures of Bradley and Don. That's coming to your airwaves next. Lori and Julia, three to six. Thanks for hanging out with us. Love you. Long time. Bye now. Bye. Simple, transparent, affordable. That's what Lisa and Verlin like to say at Crescent Tide Cremation Services. It is a locally owned, family owned uh, St. Paul business. Um, it is not what you might expect from you know end of life service like this you know people have come to expect kind of a formal stuffy funeral home type situation that's not what lisa and verlin do at crescent tide cremation services they were in the full service funeral business at one point and then thought you know what it just seems like most people today they just want a simple cremation and then they want to go celebrate their loved one in a way that's relevant to them And so that's what they do. They provide simple cremation starting at just $800. You can put add-ons if you want, but they'll talk you through that. They're not going to try to trick you anything. That's the transparent part, affordable part. You heard that, $800 and simple. They just do that one thing, simple cremations. Check them out today. You can prepay and pre-plan like my mom did. Crescenttide.com, my talk keyword cremation. In the first 